On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, Kuala Lumpur, the capital city of Malaysia. Yes, the diversity of people, nature and amazing engineering is ever present. We go to Batu Caves and Sunway Theme Park. Taking some amazing heritage walks, a spot of shopping and local eats. We're off exploring Kuala Lumpur. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard for a fresh edition. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. How extraordinarily good it is to see you, Andrew. Could you have dragged that out anymore? Could you look more excited to see me? I am always excited to see you, Michael. (laughs) Always, always. Now this week, we are exploring Kuala Lumpur. If you were wanting to travel to Malaysia and cover the country, well, think again. Yeah. Unless, of course, you can book for about a nine, ten-month holiday. (laughs) Malaysia has a rich and diverse history, encompasses many different facets and cultural influences, and often was a vast array of experience. So the idea of defining ah Malaysia would be challenging at best. So true. Kuala Lumpur, the capital city, is simply breathtaking because of that vast array of cultural influence, the nature and the infrastructure. Absolutely. Now, the Malay people are very proud of their engineering prowess, and rightly so. A quick scan across the skyline tells you that this is no ordinary world city. You may as well begin with the most obviously spectacular accomplishment of engineering and design in the city, the Patronus Towers. I can honestly say, hand on heart, this is one of my favourite buildings in the world. In fact, I love it more than the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> that's, that's a big call. Yeah, I just adore it. Until relatively recently, it was also the tallest building in the world, Patronus, clad in stainless steel and glass. I love all of those intricate cultural designs which adorn it. The feat of engineering that went into this building is truly epic. Absolutely. Now, this included the most sustained concrete pour in Malaysian history, lasting 54 hours non-stop. From memory, a concrete truck arrived every two and a half minutes on the second. And the project employed thousands of Malaysians with the left. Now, this is really cool. The left tower was built by a Japanese contractor and a Korean company led the team for the right tower. So if you're wondering, the Koreans started later and finished first and even built the sky bridge. But the towers are of equal quality. Even if you pass by and gaze into the heavens, these towers are absolutely worth your time. And if you can, book a visit to the Skybridge and marvel at the capital city from on high. Fun fact, that Skybridge is not actually fixed to either building. No, it's not. It, it actually moves and slides between the structures and allows for flex in the wind. And it also provides extra stability for the two massive towers. As we have mentioned, cultural diversity. It's everywhere in KL, and this is evident in the city's architecture too. Absolutely. Now, many modern cities have adopted regulations whereby buildings have to be in keeping with all the rest, with the design, and the result, well, you get blocks of same-same, but not in Kuala Lumpur. This is really cool. If a design or theme has already been used, architects need to find another one. 
That'll keep them on their toes. It does. <laughs> the array of beautifully designed structures look like finalists in a high-end art contest. Yeah, they do. Now, one stunning example is the 38-storey Limbaga Tabung Haji building. It's in Jalantan Razak, and it's designed as a traditional Malay drum and turned on its end. It is such a cool building, and the differences of, between that and all the rest of the buildings are astounding, and it's well worth taking your time to snap a few of these up close. They are breathtaking. Andrew has quite a fetish for things of the percussion department. I do. The drum impressed me, knowing I'm not surprised. Now, Putrajaya, or the Federal Territory of Putrajaya, its proper name, is a short half-hour train ride from Kuala Lumpur, and it's where you will see an intense display of beautiful architecture. Indeed, and this is well worth a trip. Do take a trip there, and it really does reflect the ethos of Malaysia. Basically, the intense development of Kuala Lumpur saw the Malaysian federal government move to Putrajaya and create an administrative and judicial capital. And by 2012, all government ministries had relocated to Putrajaya, and the result is just spectacular. A ceremoniously wide and straight road carves a track between the government buildings. Now, when you hear government buildings, you think, not here. Mm. This big, long road, it ends at the foot of the main hill in Putrajaya. Yeah. It's sort of like... The Disneyland of architecture, isn't it? Is. It? it is. It's, it's like they've gone, okay, everyone creates something different. Go <laughs> yeah. for it. And at the top of the hill, the glorious Pudana Putra building, which houses the Prime Minister's office. Once again, the Malay penchant for design and engineering is absolutely obvious. Every building has been created to reflect its precise function and the cultural ties. And remember, we have such a diverse range of cultures. Now, what is it with this no-fence rule in the surrounding areas? Well, around this area, uh, a rule was put in place to allow only soft walls. No block fences, no big sort of you know, ring-fenced properties, uh, not permitted. Only hedges and trees, soft walls. The reason? Encouraging kids to come outside and the adults will duly follow, which fosters the building of community and relationships. Very cool idea. Nice. Now, for a spot of shopping, the Pavilion Shopping Centre is in the Bukit Bintang District, fondly known as the Shopping and Entertainment District of Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, and to be honest, a spot of shopping is a gross understatement. So Pavilion boasts over 700 shops and restaurants. (sighs) Honestly, closing time, 10pm, seven days a week. There are seven levels plus a beauty hall across the top. Oh, you would have been straight there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, got me here bleached. And there is really not much you cannot find. Oh, really? Like what? Well, holy Hannah, we're talking everything. Sporting goods to bonsai trees. (laughs) In fact, seriously, I was in a bonsai tree shop. Looking at a 25-year-old bonsai tree and then a two-year-old bonsai tree right next door to it. I wondered what that was sprouting in your pocket. Uh, you're very nice. Unfortunately, you can't get them back through New Zealand customs. The person in the shop says, oh, yes, yes, you can. You, you can't. <laughs> All right. So if you're over there and they say you can bring a bonsai tree back, yeah. you can't. Anyway, you could spend the entire day there and still not cover it all. It's easily accessible with a swath of public transport nearby, and it is is worth just standing on the ground floor and gazing up at what looks like a mini city. And I've put a photo of this mm-hmm. on fortheloveoftravel.nz. The pavilion is outstanding. Excellent. Now, outside pavilion, a spectacular water fountain, symbolic of Malaysia's diversity. Yes. Now, this is called the Grand Bloom of Fulfillment. It's basically three water bowls and the water flowing between them 
This symbolizes Malaysia's multiracial culture and the coming together of Malay, Indian, and Chinese peoples. Now, the popularity and significance of this fountain is so obvious and highlighted by people continually, you know, gathering beside with reverential expressions. Oh, it sounds like quite the water feature. Indeed it is. Um, right outside Pavilion, you can't miss it. Now, just ahead, we head to a pewter factory. A what? A pewter factory. Factory, it'll uh-huh. become clear very soon, and some heritage walks, including the River of Life. Back in a mo. You're back, Kiwi Trips. Does Mike and Andrew right? Ah, uh, let's talk pewter. It is probably understandable, <laughs> yes, if I can speak for myself and many other people, yes, that. The notion of visiting a pewter factory is not going to exactly blow their hair back. No, and it does seem like an odd attraction. It, it does, and I can understand that. Convince me? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> do, do not be deceived. I have heard of the Royal Selangor Pewter Factory, and I have heard people say, look, when you go to KL, this is a hidden gem that you must not miss. Okay, so the ingenuities that went into actually building Malaysia, the country as it is today, are reflected everywhere. Tin mining is responsible for much of the early economy, and from tin, pewter was made. Ah. So when you visit this factory, you are treated to the history of tin mining and the creation of Malaysia. Oh, that makes sense, yes, because I certainly am aware that tin mining shaped the making of this great country, with one family in particular playing a very significant role. Absolutely. Now, in 1885, a young pewter smith named Yong Kun arrived in Malaysia from the Chinese port of Shantou. His son, Yong Peng Kai, took over from him and retired in 1980, with the operation now being run by the fourth generation. The pewter factory itself has been in operation since the 70s, with yep. at least 40% of staff having disabilities. At times gets up to 50%, yes. That is so visionary, isn't it, yeah. to employ staff um, with those issues as yeah. such. Yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. Outside the entrance stands the world's largest tankard. I thought I had some big ones. <laughs> no, this thing is huge. Right, so it's under just under two metres high. Yeah. Uh, it weighs over... A tonne and a half? Yep. It was made in 1985 to commemorate their centenary. Yep, and you can read about it in the Guinness Book of Records too. (laughs) Now, when you visit the factory, you will immediately notice clusters of handprints adorning the walls. After five years' service, employees get to put a pewter handprint on the wall. And there are so many of these around the building in different fashions and colours. Because I was asking, what do all these mean? And the gold print signifies 40 years of employment. Wow. So some people have actually worked there pretty much since it opened. Yep, absolutely. And then when you visit, you'll be treated to truly spectacular displays of craftsmanship, stories that are not just about pewter, but the very backbone upon which Malaysia was built. From intricate models to beautifully crafted jewellery, it is difficult not to be amazed at what can be done with this metal alloy and some finely honed skills. In fact, as you progress through the establishment, you're treated to a fascinating process as the skilled workers shape, grind, polish, and manipulate the pewter into the most stunning products, and you will be amazed at what they can create. Now, Royal Cell and Gore make trophies for various international events like F1. Yep. Uh, Dom Perignon is yep. one of their esteemed clients. Yep. Isn't there also a workshop 
called the Foundry, where you can go and you can make your own pendant, and it's a great activity for kids, I've heard. Yeah, kids, adults, whatever. It's very cool. And I was tempted to go and craft myself something that ran out of time. Now, Royal Selangor makes beautiful figures too, from Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel, and more. So the kids will will just look in amazement, and you'll find those right across the aisle from some very beautiful jewellery. Kuala Lumpur is a very big city, but rest assured, there are easy ways to navigate this metropolis and get a real sense of history. Very much. Now, Malaysia, I tell you what, they take their heritage walks very seriously. And these have been, you know, expertly curated. And there are many examples. And a quick internet search will tell you all you need to know. It's absolutely everywhere. But in Kuala Lumpur, there are numerous guides available too, and their experience is invaluable. Or you can actually just tackle these walks yourselves. Now, I was a bit like, well, what do you do if you sort of get a bit lost? But Yes, last time I was in KL, I noticed they have like a string of signs, even QR codes as way markers. You just Um, just scan the QR codes and it tells you where to go and where you've been. Yeah, so Mm. you can take yourself on a self-guided tour and you will still glean lots of rich insights into the history of the city. What would be a must-see for you? Well, you should really do the walk that takes you past the River of Life. Now, this is a seven-year project of the Malaysian government to transform 10 kilometres of the Klang River into a vibrant and livable waterfront, and they've done such a good job. The history of this river is one thing, and you'll you'll learn all about that on the walk, uh, but what has been done to revitalise it is completely another, especially when the mist jets are turned on or you get up, you know, the lit up, Night view, which is stunning. I do like a lit up mist jet. And nearby, you will also witness what um, some would say is the most extraordinary street art. Yeah, it adorns like entire sides of some buildings. You can just sort of wander around in awe day or night. And numerous places also have a vast selection of maps available. Kuala Lumpur is exceptionally tourist friendly. How much of the old Kuala Lumpur is still present? I did wonder about that because the development that's happened in Kuala Lumpur and Malaysia in general has been quite intense. But one thing that's inescapable as you tour the city is the mix of old and new. And it may be a progressive world city, but this has not happened at the expense of its history and culture. From many vantage points, and that's so cool to to, to sort of stand there and look, you'll see beautifully preserved traditional buildings such as mosques, backdrops with the best of Malaysian engineering and design, these these like futuristic skyscrapers sort of rising up behind traditional buildings. And you're mm. like, I really? love that. Yeah. yeah. Very symbolic. The old and the new coalescing serenely in harmony. Yes. Like the coming together of cultures in the country itself. Yeah, so much. And added to this are the various animals you'll see around from cats to lizards all around the city, which seems to reflect the general nature of harmony. You're right. And there are so many mosques, temples, and general buildings to marvel at, each with its own fascinating history. And if you you, you find someone to talk to or you'll find a little sign on a wall and you'll just stand there and go, wow, like somewhere you can find in Kuala Lumpur the first ever signpost or telegraph pole. Good grief. So if you were thinking of having like a 24-hour stopover in Kuala Lumpur, no, 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 No. you'll need longer. Uh, Certainly to give um, the city a good wander around, you could do it for days on end. That would be extremely easy in Kuala Lumpur. Now coming up, some local eats, the Batu Cave and Sunway theme park. Back in a tick. Stay tuned. 
Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. Malaysia is truly Asia. Exhilarate yourself in Kuala Lumpur. Culture, architecture, food and shopping await. And you will have wished you had stayed longer. To begin your adventures in Kuala Lumpur, visit the official Tourism Malaysia website, malaysia.travel. This is Kiwi Trips. This is Mike and Andrew as we explore Kuala Lumpur and the food is plentiful. Everywhere, ah, at, at every turn. Yes. <laughs> I'm drooling just thinking of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you're stuck for where to eat, uh, the Heritage Walks will take you past all manner of food outlets. They're all worth trying. Have a good graze in <laughs> Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, here's a wee tip. The Malay people like everything sweet. You know, even if you order a black coffee, mm-hmm. they often make it pre-sweetened. Wow. So if you don't like your coffee with sugar, you can often get it with sugar. Yes. But there's so much of the stuff that it's like, whoa, sort of shoots your eyeballs. Like They're my kind of people. Yeah. 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 Go the sweet tooths. Mm. Um, So what food choices, um, how would you describe them? How would you encapsulate it? Well, you can't really. Malaysian cuisine is, as you'd expect, diverse. In general, the food is like a holiday for your taste buds all on its own. The choices between the Malay, Chinese and Indian influences are vast and with some dishes, all are present. Okay, Like the country itself, you'd find it difficult to cover all cuisine and its influences in one trip, but it's certainly worth trying. <laughs> go the go the food journey. Yes. Uh, where's somewhere you would recommend? For a taste of some delicious Chinese cuisine mixed with many local influences, head to Lot 10 Hutong Food Court in the heart of the city. Okay, you'll f- notice that this is always frequented by locals, which is a surefire way to know that the food is good. True. The only issue you're going to face is what to have, as there are so, so many great choices. It will take you far longer to decide what to eat than to eat it, but the sumptuous Penang fried chi chiong fun coupled with chili crab will give you a very, very good start. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There are so many markets and bazaars in Kuala Lumpur where oh. you can get all the touristy goodies. That's me. I'll be in there like a big dog. So many, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd be a glutton in those bazaars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would imagine it's the beautiful Malaysian crafts oh, that the, stand out. And the Malaysian clothes. Yep. And the, the, there's just so much. The place is teeming with markets, really. And again, a quick internet search will bring up a really seriously good, good selection. The, the In Malaysia... All the attractions, all the things you need to know, they're all available on the internet. So take your phone, that's your friend. Any passing tips? Yeah. Central Market is a very, very good starting point. It's not the biggest market, which is actually ideal because some of these markets can be very overwhelming in size and number of people, especially for first timers. They can be just like intense. Central Market's quite manageable, has an excellent range of sellers, is situated in a lovely heritage building, and you'll find it between Chinatown and the Colonial District. Oh, you mentioned Chinatown, which is such an incredible experience in its own right. Now, this is just a short walk from Central Market? Yep, only a few minutes stroll, and you are at Jalang Petaling. This is the Market Street in Chinatown, and this underwent a facelift in 2003, is now regarded as a heritage site, and boasts a host of good eats, market stalls, everything you need. And after a visit to Jalan Petaling, enjoy a stroll through Chinatown and take in the architecture, which is just 
incredible, along with some ancestral temples. Mm. You'll feel like you're in a completely different world among streets adorned with lanterns and breathtaking, intricate art. Any dragons? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I do like a dragon. You do. All that culture is guaranteed to make you hungry again, so where do we go now? Okay, about three minutes' walk from Jalan Petaling is the Old China Cafe. Now, this is not to be missed. The building itself, you know, it's worth a visit. The cafe is beautifully furnished with antique decor, some Chinese historical, you know, bits and pieces, and an ample helping of fascinating history. The food itself will absolutely impress as you enjoy mouth-watering traditional Malay and Chinese dishes. This is certainly one place you could return to again and again and again. How many dips did you have there? Uh, several. Right. right. Now, Malaysia is the only Asian country with inland caves. That's an interesting fact, too. That's a top fact. Yeah. That is your takeaway for the day. Yes. Inside one of these yes. is the most breathtaking experience you might have ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. Now, where you need to go is Batu Caves. Yes, Batu Caves. Very much part of KL's terrain because it's located just 13K north of downtown Kuala Lumpur in Gombak, Selangor. Yeah, now the name of these caves was taken from the Malay word for rock. K. Thambusami Pillay, the leader of the Tamil community in Malaya, as the region was called back then, he built a temple within the caves in 1891. Allegedly, he saw a similarity in the shape of the cave entrance to the tip of the spear traditionally wielded by the deity Murugan, right? Yeah. One of the most impressive statues you'll ever see. Mm. Colossal, gold-painted statue of Murugan made from reinforced concrete just under 43 metres high right at the foot of the 272 concrete steps that lead you up to the caves. Wow. Yeah. That statue is seared in my memory. Yeah. It is just so compelling and so impressive. It is. Now, if you're um, Hindu, um, you're a male, especially if you're on the way out the 272 steps, you're doing a barefoot, but the great unwashed, like Michael and myself, don't have to. <laughs> now, on your journey up, you are likely to meet some very friendly monkeys, very, very cool, who just sit and gaze at you inquisitively. Uh, the Baju Caves are free to enter, and they are an absolute must see. So you can't miss these. What's inside the caves? Okay, the Hindu history is depicted, including the creation of the world with Lord Shiva's ecstatic dance, and it has been so, so beautifully portrayed that you cannot help but be awestruck at the intricate detail and care that went into this temple. Batu Caves is actually one of the most popular Hindu shrines outside of India, and one of four in Malaysia. It's a pilgrimage site for Hindus worldwide. For a complete change of pace. And this is. And some shameless tourist indulgence. Yes. The Sunway Lagoon Park. Oh. Come on down. It's a great way to spend a few hours. And it's only about 30, 40 minutes from central Kuala Lumpur. Sunway is an old mining town named after Sunway in South Africa. At the Lagoon Park, you get what they call the best day ever experience. You have a choice <laughs> of around 90 rides and attractions. There are six Nickelodeon-themed zones, amusement park, screen park, water park, Nickelodeon Lost Lagoon, uh, wildlife park, and extreme park. How many screams did you do at the screen park? Uh, I'm not really a screamer. Well, I've heard differently. (laughs) How cool (laughs) is the wildlife park? The wildlife park, there are over 
150 species of animals, and many of which you can get up close and personal with, including the very friendly and colourful birds. Oh, you speak my language. Indeed. There are also some you probably want to keep your distance from. Yeah, I wouldn't get too close to the white tigers, Samson and Asher, or the white lions, Zola and Zuri. But you can marvel at the sun bears, panthers, and a whole lot more, with feed kits available for some of the more sedate friends. If I was to come back in another life as an animal, mm. I would like to be a sun bear. I'm sure you would. We have some sun bears, which I believe came from Malaysia. Yes. In Wellington. Yes. And I just adore them. Oh, they are lovely. They're just so placid. Anyway, Hmm. moving on from our wildlife obsessions, (laughs) the amusements. Let's talk amusements, Andrew. What what did we ride? The roller coaster. Oh, yes. Very, very cool. And the classic pirate ship, the one that turns you upside down, many others. Now, the water park is seriously stunning. This must be one of the world's best water parks. I'm not kidding. This is this will blow your hair back. Slides, got little man-made beaches, a bungee jump on it goes. A perfect way to cool off in the Malaysian heat. You can even rent a little shelter beside the water in which to spread out and cool off. It <laughs> really is. It has everything. You can pretend to be a sunbeer. I would. Yeah. Where were these when I was a kid? These, <laughs> you just, oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I also gather that you can now actually stay overnight okay. at the theme park. On the list of things of... Where was this when I was a kid? Yeah, this is a standout experience. Sunway's new camp out experience. Basically, this is glamping in a theme park overnight. Well, who? I know. Uh, there are only 14 tents available. So you're not going to be, you know, with masses. Only 14 tents available, fully air conditioned, all the amenities nearby, including a pizza shop. Yes. But you're staying Overnight in a theme park. Easy to book. All you do is search somewhere on the internet. Again, you know, each package comes with a barbecue dinner and breakfast. I've got to say, it would be a struggle to imagine any kid or kid at heart who would think that this is a bad idea. Book it for Christmas. I'd, I'd do it today. I know. <laughs> Take me there now. Yeah. Brilliant. I loved it. I really did. Again, I'm, I'm looking at this going, oh, I was born in the wrong time. Yep. Right up next, we talk to Mr. Azrin from Tourism Malaysia. Back in a moment. This is Kiwi Trips. This is Mike and Andrew, and it is a pleasure to be joined by Mr. Azrin from Tourism Malaysia. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Now, what advice would you have for someone who has never been to your fabulous country and wants to get a snapshot of what Malaysia has to offer? Well, Malaysia is among one of the world's top holiday destinations, and it is filled with a wide variety of unique attractions. Whatever your definition of a fulfilling holiday is, Malaysia has all the necessary elements, pristine beaches and breathtaking islands, a rich tapestry of culture and history, well-preserved heritage treasures, world-class modern facilities, a fascinating collection of flora and fauna, lush and well-maintained nature reserves, a delightful array of mouth-watering cuisines and a long list of shopping hotspots. But do not just take my word for it. Come and discover the many wonders of Malaysia yourselves. What experiences or destinations would you recommend for first-timers <laughs> to Malaysia? Well, I would say Kuala Lumpur, or popularly known as KL, Malaysia's capital city and one of Asia's most dynamic cities. One of the most charming features of this flourishing urban centre is its ability to coexist the new and the old. Iconic high-rise buildings such as the Petronas Twin Towers stand alongside colonial buildings, creating a delightful contrast. Green lung areas, upscale shopping malls, themed places of interest and heritage, quarters give KL its unique character. Do you think most people visit Malaysia for 
the cultural experience or is it the architecture, the beaches, the theme parks, or is it a mix of all of those? To be honest, I would say it's a mixture of all. This is based on our departing visitor survey where visitors give their holiday feedback. And from here, we know that it's a mixture of all of that have been said. What are the most popular experiences in Kuala Lumpur? I can name a few. First would be Hop On, Hot Off, which is the fastest way to discover KL and its hotspots. Second is Central Market, where you can find art and culture and also antiques. Three would be shopping from a five-star pavilion to Petaling Street and the flea markets. And last but not least would be KLCC, the Twin Towers. That's a modern and urban marvel for Kuala Lumpur. It is so evident throughout Kuala Lumpur that a lot of effort has been put into the heritage walks and detailing your country's rich history. What is the resource that has gone into creating these experiences and how well do you think it has worked? To be honest, it's um, not a short period of time. A lot of resources were put through um, throughout the years into creating these experiences by our federal government and with the constant efforts by all the ministries involved. It's still a work in progress where there is still room for improvement, but for me, I think it has been working so far. Do you have any personal favourites from the array of heritage walks? Well, for me, the heritage walk is um, around the central market where you can find a variety of authentic Malaysian souvenirs and the batik attires, paintings and handmade items and more. There are also DIY workshops there and caricature artists outside, which offers an fresco shopping ambience. The blend of Malay, Chinese and Indian cultures is evident throughout Malaysia, as we've been discussing, certainly in Kuala Lumpur. What do you see as the rewards of having such a rich cultural blend? The diversity of all of our cultures highlights our tagline, Malaysia, truly Asian, where you can see and taste every culture and every cuisine from all of Asia in one place, Malaysia. We live side by side in harmony and respect other cultures and beliefs. And for me, I think this is the highlight um, of of our multiracial um, society that has flourished in Malaysia. Kuala Lumpur is such a world city, and we have to ask about the shopping. I mean, for those looking to visit, what can they expect? You'll have a blast because from five-star shopping galleries such as Pavilion and Sunday Pyramid to local vendors in Pataling Street and flea markets, it all depends on the depth of your wallet. We have a lot of choices for visitors looking for a great time of shopping in KL. It seems like any time is a great time to visit, but what advice would you give someone looking to visit Malaysia? You know, for example, are any months better than others? Well, since COVID restrictions are now uplifted and most airlines, especially Malaysia Airlines, are back to full capacity weekly, I can't see any reason to wait. Since we have sunny days mostly throughout the year, there's no stopping you. Come and have a wonderful time in Malaysia, truly Asian. So please visit our website at malaysia.travel to see exciting deals and packages. We hope to see you soon. Thank you very much for your time. That's Mr. Azrin from Tourism Malaysia. Yes, thank you in return. And that is it for another episode. Thanks for joining us on Kiwi Tripsters. You can see our show notes on the website kiwitripsters.co.nz. Our article on great experiences in Kuala Lumpur can be found on our companion website fortheloveoftravel.nz. That is fortheloveoftravel.nz. Plus, we'd love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service platform provider of your choice. There are lots of them. So go to it. Yes, we sink into your feedback like we sink into a turkey at Christmas. I thought you were going to say a sparple. That's after the turkey. (laughs) Right. That's the recovery position. Lovely. So be sure to festoon your feedback with all of the Christmas trimmings. (laughs) Beef. (laughs) 
be festive about it, please. Festive. Have some eggnog first and then enter your feedback. Yeah. Uh, before we go, courtesy of Lonely Planet, the creme de la creme of travel books, we have our guidebook giveaway, Experience Malaysia. Fantastic place to go. And believe me, you want to go there. So... To be and to win, yeah. simply give us the answer to this question. This question is, Batu Caves uh, is located on the outskirts of which Malaysian city? We may have mentioned it in this podcast. And we love this place so much. We do. Send us a message on our Kiwi Tripsters Facebook page and you're into win. Good luck. Indeed. Chop, chop. And we hope to catch you again uh, for a fresh episode next week when we continue our fantastic adventures in Malaysia. We hit Penang and Ipoh. Looking forward to it. Take care. Hero. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.